A number of years ago, there was this book that came out. It was a pretty uh, profound book. Uh, a number of churches kind of grabbed a copy of it. Sermon series were created out of it. Uh, small groups were going through it. It was a book simply titled, uh, You Can Change. Uh, but there was something profound about the book uh, because it, uh, it really stuck and it really caught on. And it emphasized the character of God by emphasizing these four G's. So can we just put them up on the screen? Thank you. Uh, this book was, again, structured around these four uh, Gs, these four characteristics of God. God is great, so we don't have to be in control. God is glorious, so we don't have to fear others. God is good, so we don't have to look elsewhere. God is gracious, so we don't have to prove ourselves. Uh, just the way it was oriented, the way it was structured, the way it was communicated really resonated with a lot of people because what it did is it, it anchored everything, our transformation, our change, uh, life as it should be in the character of God. And, and as I read through this book, now, even though this particular G, and I'm going to add a G to it, uh, was embedded throughout this book, I think there was one that was missing uh, that should have been its own G, and that is this that God is generous, that God is generous, so we don't have to worry about our needs going unmet. What we're going to be doing over the next three weeks, uh, Aunt Lee introduced us last week that we're going to be doing uh, giving talks, and uh, that, that is true. We're going to be talking about a God who is generous, and we're going to be talking about how can we reveal, uh, how can we resonate and, and, and demonstrate that goodness. But anytime you mention we're going to talk about giving talks, you know, our minds just kind of go to places that it should not go. Uh, I mean, you know that uh, I even had a conversation with someone this week and said, I'm not too sure I'm going to come to this three-week series because it's on giving. Because anytime you associate giving in the church, it's usually not a good thing. Uh, and a lot of us have grown up in the church. I mean, I've been in ministry for 30 years, and I've experienced it myself, even as a minister, as a pastor, that uh, when you mix giving and church, it's like the church wants your money. A lot of us have grown up in, in churches where uh, that's been abused, uh, where giving and money has been talked about, that you've walked away uh, guiltier. Uh, you've walked away shamed. Uh, you've walked away embarrassed. And, and here at RCC, and this is one of the, the great things about RCC, is that we, we began with a desire, as this church was planted 11, 12 years ago, uh, that we want people to experience God's generosity, and as they encounter God's generosity, that they experience freedom in their life to be generous however God leads them to do that. And we leave it there. We leave it there. You're not going to hear a message on the Sermon on the Amount. We'll preach on the Sermon on the Mount, but not the Sermon on the Amount, because that is something that God uh, does with each family, and every family is unique, and uh, it's kind of customized. But what we want to do is, as we begin this series and as we set the stage, is that we want us to capture a, a God that is gloriously, radically, recklessly generous, and that, that we are captured by that, that we are compelled by that, that we are just enraptured with that, and that it does something to us, and it transforms us, and it changes us to be generous people, uh, even not just exclusively with the area of money, but with all that He's given us, that we can express that and be a blessing. Because that's, that's how it all began. It goes back to you know, the Abrahamic covenant that, God, I bless you so that you can be a blessing to all other nations. I give so that you can give. Uh, that's just in his nature. 
And so uh, that's what we're going to do over the next three weeks. And um, it's, it's kind of in keeping with, you know, the Thanksgiving season. We're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving coming up in a few weeks. And I hope that it, it reminds us of how thankful we are as a people, uh, as a nation, and that in some way God will speak to us and how can we catalyze greater generosity. So this teaching over the next three weeks will basically begin with where do we start when it comes to generosity? It obviously starts with God, and then where does it ultimately conclude and where does it need to go? And I'll give you the, the, the final chapter, and that is where it needs to go is it needs to go to the poor ultimately. Any generosity that does not conclude and find itself ministering to the poor is not generosity at all. It isn't. So we begin with God, and we move towards the poor. So what's this journey of being captured by the beauty of God's generosity and then moving and being compelled and being transformed and being changed in such a way that we love to minister to the poor? And that's a part of our DNA as a church is that we love to minister to the poor, but there, there are ways that we can do it so much better. There are ways that we can do it in, in, in ways that are more fruitful and more effective, and we're thinking about that. We're praying about that. And so uh, before we go any further, let me pray. And uh, I'm not sure how this message is going to go. Uh, just different thoughts, and uh, maybe God was talking to me uh, during the, uh, the worship and time, so things might change. But I do want to say that we're going to be hearing a story, a personal story from uh, someone in our congregation, and we're going to be allowing that to happen every uh, teaching between now and Thanksgiving. That in each of our teachings, we're going to have someone from the family of RCC come and share a testimony, a story of how they've been impacted and transformed in this whole area. So that'll be coming uh, towards the end of our teaching today. So before we go any further, uh, let's pray because uh, I definitely need it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Uh, thank you for the great worship. Uh, just thank you for the opportunity to, uh, as your family, uh, encounter you, uh, experience you, uh, be awakened by you in areas that we need to be awakened to. So, Father, I pray that we come to your word today, or as we come to your word today, uh, that, again, it's, it's not about... Uh, me teaching. It's about you teaching. It's about you speaking. It's about you taking the words of Scripture and applying them uniquely in our situation and revealing how we need to take the next step in transformation and change and becoming more and more like your Son. So have your way, Holy Spirit. Come and teach. Uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, our series, we're titling simply this, uh, you know, generosity reset, it's about being all in. And part of uh, the resetting, it needs to begin with being reminded about a God who is generous, reminded about what God has done in our lives. And as we are reminding ourselves that God is helping us reset what needs to be reset so that we can be completely and totally all in for Him. And we're going to unpack that uh, over the next few weeks. But there's a key principle here, or a couple of key principles that are important uh, to bear in mind. And that it can be summarized in these three ways, and we'll put them up on the screen here. And that is, we become like that which we behold. That which we behold, we become like that. Or another way of putting it is, that which you are intimate with, you will ultimately imitate. You imitate that which you are most intimate with. Another way of phrasing it is this way, that where your treasure is, so will your heart also be. And so in all of this, what we're wanting to do is that we want to come to a place of beholding God, 
beholding his generosity so that we can become more like him. We want to experience intimacy with God, experience the generosity of his love, the generosity of his mercy, the generosity of his kindness, and be most intimate with that so that we can imitate that in our lives. And that ultimately, we treasure God. That we treasure God, and as we treasure Him, that is where our heart will be. And where our heart is, is ultimately what transforms us and changes us. So I think all of us want our hearts to be right there on God's lap, in His, in, in His very presence, so that He can transform it and change it, so that we can be the people that He's called us to be. So let's just begin. Uh, again, just a few scriptures to remind us that God is a generous God. Uh, some of us, you know, we wrestle with that, we struggle with that, we look at our own lives, you know, we look at the lives of others, we look at situations that happen in the world, and we wonder, and we question, and we doubt, is God really generous? Well, when that happens, uh, I mean, there's a lot to be done, but I think the beginning point, the starting point, is to go to Scripture and to see what God's Word says. And again, there are a boatload, but let me just highlight just a few. The first one here, uh, James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Yes, in that context, it's wisdom. You ask for wisdom, he'll give it to you. But it's also revealing the character of God is that he gives generously without finding fault. I mean, let that soak in for a moment. God wants to give you generously without finding fault. That's the beauty of love. That's the beauty of mercy is that God wants to radically give and give towards you and give to you without finding fault. I love that. I love that. Another scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave. The essence of love is to give. The essence of love is to give. In this case, he gave his one and only begotten son. He gives his love. He gives his mercy. He gives us so much. Now, there's a song that we sing that I think sometimes we, we misunderstand it. And for those of you who know me, that when Scripture is taken out of context, I kind of go berserk inside just a little bit. But there's that great song by Matt Redman. He gives and he what? He takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, that's a very unique verse in a unique context in a book that is a, a poetic book about demonstrating ultimately a cosmic battle between God and the enemy. And there are certain things that need to be understood as you're reading through the book of Job. But let me tell you this, that God gives, and the only thing that he takes away are the sins of the world. He does not give you something and then take it away. That's not the nature of God. But sometimes we sing that song, we read those verses, and that's what comes to mind. He'll let, whoops, let me give this to you, and then I'm going to take it back. That is not a loving God. A God who gives, gives, and lets it go. And what he does take, as I said, are the sins of the world. He removes things from our lives, 
but he doesn't take things away that he's given to us. Now, for some of us this morning, that's pretty radical, and that may be a little bit like, whoa, my dome here is being rearranged a little bit. That's okay. God's into rearranging domes. One final one, and we can talk more about that. Uh, again, as I've always said, if you want to have more conversation, take me out for coffee, take me out for lunch. This time, if you want to have conversation, I will take you out for lunch. I will take you out for coffee. We'll see how that works. I might just blow the budget. Thus, our teaching on generosity. There's this, uh, uh, this little slide uh, picture. I came across it a while ago uh, as it relates to, you know, we, we encounter the generosity of God, uh, but then as we walk away from the generosity of God, how do we become more and more and more generous? Actually, before I go there, one last verse. Uh, it's from Psalm 103. There it is. Uh, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Uh, there's a reminding, remember? There's a reminding that we need to do in order to reset ourselves to become the people that God has called us to be, to be a generous people, ultimately ministering to those who are in need. And again, you'll be hearing a story in just a bit towards the end of our teaching, but just really briefly, this is an area that I have, uh, I have wrestled with uh, quite a bit in my own life. Uh, some of you may be aware of a, a bit of my story that I've, I've shared some time ago, where as a, a child and as a young teen, you know, we grew up in a fairly wealthy family. You know, we had the city home. You know, we had the home out at the lake. So in the summertime, it was for boating and water skiing. And in the wintertime, the snow came down, and we went to the other side of the, the lake, and there was a mountain ski resort. So it was winter skiing, uh, summer fun, and uh, city in the home. My dad was a businessman, executive, uh, lots of companies. Uh, we lived in Quebec City, and if you've been to Quebec City and you've been to the Chateau Frontenac, you know, the five-star Wilderness Hotel, we also had an art gallery there, and so as kids growing up, that was kind of our playground. Our playground was a five-star hotel, world-renowned, and, and so that's the context, and then my dad was charged with fraud, found guilty, and basically lost everything. Pretty much lost everything. I can remember as a young teen uh, coming home one day, I don't know if it was from a friend's place or from school, and there's a moving truck outside our house, and I'm going, what's going on? And I'm walking in, and because my dad was charged with fraud and found guilty, everything was seized, and so movers are going in there, and they're taking paintings off the wall. They're moving uh, furniture. They're taking stuff out of the house. They've now seized it, and it no longer is his. And in that place, I mean, my father wasn't a believer. We weren't believers at the time. And God used that story to transform us and, and to change us and to ultimately lead my dad, uh, my stepmom, myself, uh, to the Lord over a period of a number of years. So God really uh, redeemed that situation. Uh, but in that story, and as a firstborn, uh, you know, the, the father's sins usually kind of target the firstborn. Uh, it just, you kind of walk away and you're kind of, you know, your, your dad's right there behind you, at least the unredeemed part of your dad, and you're always trying to, you know, overcome it, overcome it. And because my dad was charged with fraud, there was a part of his life that was, was generous, but there was also a part of his life that was greedy, uh, covetous, uh, deceptive, and that's why he was charged with fraud. And so as, as a person who became a Christian later in life, or pardon me, in my teens, shortly after that, you know, there was still a part of that, you know, that, that greed, 
that covetousness, that selfishness that I've had to, to battle and I've always had to remind myself and come back to the generosity of God to activate and to catalyze generosity in my life. And a number of years ago, I came across this cartoon. It's a great cartoon about someone getting baptized. Have a look at it. The person's getting baptized, but what they're not allowing to be baptized is their wallet. And so uh, it's kind of like, well, we're going to worship God, praise God, you know, like this. Uh, but then it's, uh, let me just put this mic down. is usually, in, in, for a lot of us, kind of the final frontier of transformation and change. And, and, and it's a challenge, and it's been a challenge for me. And so I, as we move through this series, is that we want to be captured by a God who is generous, and how can we be motivated and moved to be a generous people? So, a great, a great pick. Uh, one person once said that the truth will set you free, but not until it's done with you. And so uh, that truth is, is still working on me. It's still working on my soul. And uh, I, I am grateful for the transformation that God is doing in my life and continues to do, but there's so much more to be done. So how do we continue to, again, experience the goodness of God, the generosity of God, and ultimately become a people that are generous. Let me just uh, bring our, our attention, and we're going to unpack this more specifically in the weeks ahead, but let me draw our attention to two, uh, two scriptures here that uh, I think are important, and then uh, Kim's going to come up and just share a bit of her story uh, with us. This scripture is Acts chapter 20, Acts chapter 20, verses 32 to 35. So let me read them uh, for us. Now, I commit you to God and to the word of His grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, you have to understand the scene here. Jesus, or pardon me, Paul, this is probably his final moments with the church of Ephesus. I mean, there are tears. Uh, there are goodbyes. He will probably, they will probably never see him again. And so, what does he decide to say to them? He says these words, but he concludes with these words of Jesus, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. A literal translation is, you are richer in your giving than in your receiving. Now, let me under set the stage, uh, make it clear here that you, you cannot have giving without receiving, and you can't have receiving without giving. That is, sometimes there are seasons in our lives where we, we are at the end where we are receiving, where we are receiving and where we are being blessed. And, that, and that's a beautiful place to be. But there's something more beautiful and more glorious when we can give and bless others. And again, as, as a church, uh, let me say this, that we are more than grateful. 
more than thankful for, for the generosity of people that help make this ministry happen here at River City Church. We are grateful. Children's ministry can happen. Student ministry can happen. You know, ministry uh, out in the community can happen. Uh, we, we are grateful. Uh, and, yeah, there are bills to pay. There's a facility. And we are eternally here, eternally grateful for the gifts that God gives us. But our generosity is ultimately to be expressed to a world that's desperately in need. And I just want to conclude with uh, these verses. Uh, they're not on the screen. It's actually, I just felt prompted by God to, to bring our attention to these verses. And then uh, we're going to have uh, Kim come up here in just a few moments. Uh, these are verses from Isaiah, uh, the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 58, verses uh, 6 to to 12. And I was just impressed as I was, you know, wrestling with this teaching, praying through this teaching, having conversations with folks, that this, this Isaiah 58 was just kind of making its way in the background and kind of pressing its way forward, kind of saying, no, I need to be, uh, I need to be a part of this story here. I need to be a part of this message. And so I want to be uh, honoring to, uh, to God, uh, or last night's pizza, whatever it was, that uh, has brought my attention to Isaiah 58. And I believe it's God. Uh, reading from verses 6 to 12. Let me just read them and, and say a few things. Is this not the kind of fasting I have, have chosen? And this is, uh, you know, God speaking to the people of Israel. Uh, they are in exile. They are away from their homeland. You know, they're under the oppression, uh, being captured uh, by the Babylonians and the Assyrians. And he says these words, Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. And then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and He will say, Here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. And will strengthen your frame, and you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins, and will raise up the age-old foundations. And you will be called repairers of broken walls, restorers of streets with dwellings. I don't know what God has here for us. But as a church, uh, we have been in prayer, our leadership team, staff, elders, ministry leadership team, coming together and saying, God, what have you got for us in the days ahead? What is the vision that you have for us 
in 2018 and beyond. You know, we have our mission of, of awakening people to the transforming presence and power of God's love. You know, we have our values of intimacy with the Father, helping people return to their original family of origin, that is, as God's children, and rediscovering who they are in Christ and in God. And then helping uh, people experience the power of the Spirit and be restored and, and, and experience freedom and experience His gifts and be transformed in His character. And then in the mission of Jesus, calling us not only to return to the Father's love, to be restored in the power of the Spirit, but also to reach out to our world, expressing the kingdom mission of Jesus. And that as we do that, we want to see people become it's kind of like repeat, reproduce, so that people that we reach out to are helping people return, be restored, and reach. And it's disciples making disciples, followers making followers, and it's a movement that happens. But I think there's a part of this that God is saying to us that I want you in this city and in this place, as we have been, but in, in ways that are going to be similar but different. And it's kind of like a Polaroid picture you know, back in the day, before digital, and, 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 and the, the Polaroid, you kind of waft it in the air, and it's like the picture slowly emerges. I think we're in that season where God is beginning to give us some clarity about where He wants us to go in the days ahead. And my sense is there will be a place, there's so much more, but I think there will be a place where He's calling us to be repairs of broken walls in this community and beyond. Walls representing people's lives. Walls representing the, the unjust systems in this community that make people with so many needs that we need to come and bless. And also, not only repairers of broken walls, but restorers of streets with dwellings. That's pretty significant. That's pretty powerful. And so we're going to hopefully unpack that a bit more in the context of our series over the next few weeks, but then also in the weeks and months to come. God, what do you have for us? And I think it has something to do with tapping into God being a generous God and then us activating that, catalyzing that in some way, however that looks in your life, for the city of Jacksonville and beyond. And so be in tune to that. But I want to, to invite uh, Kim Sheffy. Kim is, uh, she's part of our 20 and 30 uh, crowd. Uh, I, I, it's been a delight getting to know her, a passionate intercessor, uh, a humble person, a person that is just walking along and, and allowing herself to be transformed by, by God. And uh, She's going to come up and just share how God has been rebuilding her and restoring her in this area. So let's, let's welcome Kim. Come on up, Kim. Uh, you know, Kim just loves to share with people, but, you know, she said when it comes to large groups like this, I'm just, I'm just going to read my script and, and share my heart honestly and authentically. So if she doesn't look at you, don't take it personally. Uh, she loves you all. She prays for this church, and we're so thankful for Kim. So I'm just going to give you the mic, uh, Kim, and I'm just going to hang here. So uh, I'll be here with you in spirit. So, Kim. Thank you. Okay. So I started attending RCC Thanksgiving of last year, and by the time I came to the church, I was a slave to money. 
Debt controlled every thought in my head. I feared that I wouldn't have enough money to sustain myself or something catastrophic would happen and I would be homeless. Um, so throughout my life, whenever I would go to church and the church would talk about money, I would cringe. I would literally just shut down and not want to hear anything that they had to say. And I would kept thinking, like, why are these people so money hungry? Well, I knew that God blessed people financially, um, and I've heard of giving challenges where you, like, give to the Lord, and then you expect him to show up, but I never really thought, like, that works, and, but I was so desperate that I basically said to the Lord, all right, I don't trust you. I don't trust you with my finances. I know that you can bless people, but honestly, God, I don't believe that you would bless me, but I'm so desperate that I want you to prove me wrong and help me in my unbelief. So I decided to start giving to RCC this January. So the first time I saw God show up was on a Sunday. I forgot to look at my paycheck and determine, like, what to give him. So I said, God, what, what should I give you? And then he said $124. And I was like, all right. So I gave $124. The next day, I did my budget. I had exactly $124 left over after I did everything, right? <laughs> the second time he showed up was in June, and I was making plans, okay, when to pay off my credit card. Um, and I thought maybe the end of July, beginning of August, I would have it paid off. Well, the next uh, pay period, I had more than enough money to pay the remaining balance off. I overtime kicked in from work, and boom, that was it. So in June, I paid off my credit card. So I started with $3,000 in January, and it was all paid off in six months. And I've been, like, credit card-free financially, and it's been amazing. Immediately after that, God showed up in July. I set another goal for $2,000 to help pay medical bills. And so I figured, okay, this is going to take at least two to three months. No. It didn't. I was wrong. It took two, three weeks. Um, I received two bonuses in July, and then with overtime, I reached my goal in, in two pay periods. Just recently, I set another goal to uh, I have to buy new work clothes, so I set a goal of $60. And um, a couple of days later, my coworker came in with a bag of clothes that didn't fit her, and she gave them to me. <laughs> right? It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so in this journey, um, I've had to really take a good look at my life and determine the areas that are holding me back from experiencing financial freedom. Never once in this journey of trusting the Lord financially have I ever have I not gone without being able to buy groceries or put gas in my car. He provides for me in so many ways, like when a friend invites me to dinner or when work caters our lunches. I no longer look at giving as a burden, but as a joy. I look at it as an investment. I'm investing in the mission of RCC because it'll bear fruit in the transformed lives, including mine. I don't know what I would, done, would have done if RCC, or I don't know what I would do, if RCC uh, can no longer be the healing church that it is. If it closes its doors tomorrow, I don't know where I would go to receive the prayer, the love, and the belonging that RCC has. So... The moral of the story, giving to the Lord, it works. I strongly encourage each of you to give, no matter how big or how small. Partner with the Lord and watch him bring the financial freedom that you desire and see him multiply your gift with kingdom growth. 
It really, really works. Amen. Thank you, Kim. Uh, appreciate that. That was great from uh, that was great hearing from her, wasn't it? Amen. Thanks again, Kim. And uh, uh, yeah, it's just again when it comes to you know this kind of topic. Uh, as uh, you know, we were praying this morning, just the challenges and how it triggers and what it does in our minds. This is simply what we want everyone to experience as we go through this. We want you to experience a generous God, encounter Him, because He loves you so much. He wants to bless you so much, because He really wants you to be a blessing and to be a blessing to those that are in need. We, as a church, collectively, we want to experience God's generosity and and encounter it and be awakened to it all the more, and be transformed as a church so that we can be a generous church to bless others and to bless those in need in our community and beyond. We have been doing that, and we will continue to do that. We just felt that we needed to be reminded and, and refreshed of that truth and that reality, and we'll be walking out the specifics of it uh, a little bit more in the next couple of weeks. But ultimately, uh, and I love these words uh, from Paul, and I'll conclude here, and then we'll stand and we'll just... Uh, uh, wait on the Lord and uh, have him minister to us during our time of prayer ministry. Uh, the Apostle Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 9. He says, Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You and God, work it out. You and God, work it out. And we, if, you, if, you, if you're not going to be cheerful and you're going to be reluctant about it, my wisdom would be, don't give, and just keep on going back to God and talking to God and saying, I, I don't have a cheerful attitude. I, don't have a, I have a reluctant attitude. Help me. Help me. He's going to give generously without finding fault. God gives generously without finding fault. And when we encounter that and we experience that, Something happens inside of us, and, we, and there's a compulsion just to give. And it's not guilt-driven. It's not shame-driven. And, and sadly, the, the church at large in, in a number of areas and over history has done that. And that's sad. He wants us to love cheerfully, or pardon me, give cheerfully. And God is able... And I love this, and I end with these words. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, not some things, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things in your life, at all times in your life, having all that you need in your life, you will abound. You will overflow. You will be extravagant in every good work that God has called you to do. Let's stand and let's pray.